Hey guys, it's Adam. I wanted to talk to you really quick about Buzzsprout. Um, Buzzsprout's a place where you can get your own podcast launched and you can start today for free. I recently started using Buzzsprout and I got to tell you, it's fantastic. I was moving my uh, podcast from one host to another and I ran into a little bit of a snag, but guess what? Buzzsprout had me covered. They helped me out. They interacted with me over email. It was almost real-time chat, and they got my problem solved within minutes. So you can't pay for better tech support. I think the thing is, with most companies, if you get a good place that has good customer service and good support, you can't go wrong there. And they make it easy. It's not hard when you have the right partners like that and the right support like that. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed, and you can join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out into the world. So really, all you need is a quiet place, some gear you already have, like me, I'm using my phone right now and a, and a laptop, uh, and I'm getting this podcast out there, and I'm recording this, uh, this promo. So follow the link in the show notes, and that's going to let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. And if you sign up for a paid plan, it shows that you help support this podcast right here. I would really appreciate it. Hey, guys, thanks again. And back to the show. Hey, guys, it's Adam with another episode of Casper Dog Training Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about slowing down and why rushing your dog through commands and through training is bad. You need to take your time. So if you're listening to this and you appreciate these podcast episodes, they're coming to you for free. I'm taking it out of my own free time and providing content for you. So why not buy me a coffee? So go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Adam Casper and buy me a coffee. That would be great. I'd appreciate it. And hey, I run on caffeine. So there you go. Also, check out Right CBD. It's rytecbd.com for arguably some of the best CBD tinctures, gummies, and pet tinctures out there. High quality, low prices, and very effective. Last but not least, check out uh, my social media pages, um, Casper Dog Training in on Facebook and Instagram, also on Twitter. You can also check me out on uh, my webpage, casperdogtraining.com. And if you want to book something, you can go to the book online section. I can reach out to you guys and, and do a one-on-one personal training online, um, face-to-face. Or if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, you can book me in person. So, Here we go. We're going to start off with slowing down. Why rushing your dog is is bad. It's bad for training. So I've noticed something recently, and a lot of my clients um, get really excited. Training their dog, the first couple of uh, sessions, goes real well. Dog's engaged. Dog likes doing what they're doing. And they learn things rapidly. So they'll, they'll learn recall. They'll learn sit, down, stay stand sometimes, go to place, go to your crate. And um, people who are really inspired teach their dog other things too. And this is kind of a throwback to the the podcast we just did uh, the other day. You know, a dog that's asked to do something um, usually realizes that there's a habit, there's a ritual that they consistently do that becomes rewarded. So if a dog is confused about what to do in a certain circumstance, sometimes we use the reward marker or a clicker, you know, something that will will highlight, yes, that's exactly what I want, and I want you to maintain that. And I also talked to you guys about in the previous episode 
about continuation markers where you're saying, good, 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 and making sure the dog understands. I want you to keep doing this. So that's a version of slowing down, or at least in my estimation, having me, having you pump the brakes for me so that the dog actually has a moment to take a breath, realize this is the activity, this is the command I'm supposed to do, this is the behavior I'm supposed to offer to get any kind of rewards out of it. When you rush through it, the example I gave of the dog that sat, gave paw, laid down, rolled over, jumped up and barked, every time I asked for sit, clearly needed someone to slow them down. And that's exactly what I did with these people. It was the humans that were confused because they rushed through everything. It was always sit, shake, down, roll over, bark. And, and, and they went through this pattern, which was, which is awesome. The problem is, is that the dog didn't understand each individual component. They just understood this one pattern all the way through, which is detrimental to the dog because anytime you ask for this one thing, they thought it was a series of things. And to me, that only works out really well if the dog's doing something very specific, some repetitive task. So a lot of service dog training stuff is, you know, you're drilling over and over again for a specific task to get, get to know that. But the thing is, you don't skip to the next thing. You know, you might teach a dog to walk over to a drawer that has a rope on it and grab the rope and pull the drawer so it opens. Well, that's one task. You don't do come here, sit, go over there to the drawer, pull the pull this, come back to me. You don't do all that in rapid succession. You break it down into certain uh, smaller parts, and then you chain those behaviors together. So by doing that, the dog understands there's an individual component and a collective component. But when I'm asked to do some of these things, there's only certain things I'm supposed to generalize and just do all of it. So frequently, I'll have a client that says, yeah, my dog knows sit, and my dog knows down, and my dog knows stay, and my dog knows come here, blah, 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 most of the time. And when I hear most of the time, usually this is the thing that comes from it. They rush through all the commands. So let's say the dog's name is Bear. It'll be Bear sit, bear down, bear stay, bear come. Or, you know, bear sit, and the dog's already laying down. He's already sl- sliding down, so they're sliding their front paws along the ground, and they're gonna, their belly's going to hit the floor before you even stop saying sit. You know, you said bear, and the dog's already sliding down. Okay, we need to slow it down. We need to have the dog understand tempo, pace, and something I keep going back and forth with. I keep saying to you guys, distance, duration, distance and duration. You need to have the dog do behaviors for longer from a close distance where I'm right on top of you or, you know, like the, 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 the handler, the dog, the dog trainer, you are feet away from the dog or, 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 you know, inches away rather. And then sometimes you're across the room. Sometimes maybe you're even further. But slowing down is going to be the most relevant thing. It's also important to have your dog engage when you're not moving fast. It's really easy to get a puppy excited, but it's harder to get them to calm themselves. So if you look back in in this podcast and you look at some of the the stuff like the episode on intro to um, impulse control or the ones, uh, the, the episodes that talk about the leave it command, those are impulse control based, but it's getting the dog to slow for a second, look at you, calm down, get some oxytocin flowing into their brains while they're making eye contact with you, getting their respiration to slow down, getting their blood to stop 
coursing through their brain and flooding it with oxygenated uh, uh, blood and and making the dog cons- consistently more um, more animated, more more energized, keep them hyper. And again, it's easy to engage a, a dog that way. It becomes a little more challenging when you're engaging with them for slower stuff. So another podcast uh, episode that I was mentioning, which you can go back and, and, and read and it becomes relevant, is um, actually showing the dog. It's actually showing the dog that they should approach their obedience commands. They should uh, uh, pay attention to you and respond not after you said to sit 20 times, sit once, and then there's a gap of time, a moment or so, where the dog still has to focus and say, is this right? So the podcast episode I was referring to is setting the tone. It's called setting the tone for your dog's energy level based on environment and activity. So if every time you do training, initially you start off with recall, but high energy, Lots of luring, lots of engagement. I would highly advise you to start that way, but then throw some speed bumps along the way. And, and what I mean by that is get the dog to stop, focus, pay attention to you for, I don't know, 10 seconds, and then re-engage with energy. This is something I, I, I do very frequently with puppies right in the middle of them having their zoomies. Uh, you know, as I've always said, I hate that, that, that phrase, but uh, the zoomies is appropriate. The dog's zipping around the house, and you get the dog to sit and lay down and look at you for five seconds. It's kind of hard to do. But for an older dog, a dog maybe that's an adolescent or just uh, under two years old and is, is an adult, you have to let the dog understand that I like you when you're paying attention to me, and you're not just skipping to the next thing. You're not just blazing through a checklist just so you get it done. You kind of want to make sure that that really, if this was a, if, if I'm making an analogy, if this was laundry, you wanted to come out with no wrinkles. You want all the corners creased. You want all the edges nice and nice and straight, and you don't want any bumps. So slowing your dog down, getting your dog to refocus on you, and performing when they're calm. I think that's actually something that you should reward more heavily than the excitement of engagement. And I, I could think of uh, an example of how I um, go through this progression. So say I have a, uh, a young, young puppy, like a 16-week-old puppy. Say, uh, you know, an active dog, a uh, you know, pit bull or uh, a shepherd or, or better yet, a, a retriever. Um, and they're not really excited to see me that much. They, they jumped all over me. They said hello. And then they're kind of like doing their own thing. Well, right after that, I'm going to grab two treats, both hands and do the touch command, left hand, right hand, left, left hand, right hand. And I'm going to take a couple steps to the left and lure the dog to the left. A couple more steps to the right, lure the dog to the right. Treat, 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 quick, left, right, left, right. Dogs following dogs engaged. It's rapid. And then all of a sudden hit the brakes with a sit do the hand gesture, where I've, I've discussed this before, your hand's at your side, basically uh, right at your hip, your palm's facing out, you scoop upwards to about a 90 degree angle, so it's it's parallel to your, your belly button, so the dog's head goes up and the butt hits the floor. If that's completed, you'll say yes and reward the dog, but before you release that treat, 
you hold it in your hand and let the dog have it right at the end of their nose so they can nibble on it. And usually what I do is I cup my hand and I put my thumb over half the treat. So basically the the treats in, in the crease of my fingers between my index finger and my middle finger, my thumbs over the treat. And the treats usually about the size, about the half the size of my thumb. So the dog can chew on it. And, and, and this is helping with bite inhibition, but it slows them down. And as I'm doing that, I asked for sit and was right in the middle of the zoomies. And I have touch, do touch. Sorry, I got a little bit distracted there for a second. So rewinding a little bit. We're, we're engaging the dog. We're engaging the dog uh, doing touch commands with left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand, running a couple of feet to the right, a couple of feet to the left, and in the middle of it, jam on the brakes, get the dog to sit, cup your hand over the, your, your thumb over the treat, hold the treat in between your index finger and, and middle finger. Make it challenging for the dog to get it. And as they're sitting, you're holding the treat right at the end of their nose and the dog's nibbling on it and chewing on it, trying to avoid your fingers, trying to avoid uh, any teeth making contact with your flesh. While you're doing that, you're going to go, good, good, good boy, good girl. Have the dog do it for a longer duration. Then give him the treat. Then go back to engagement. Go back to Lauren. Go back to recall. Have the dog sit and then lay down. Have it do go longer this time. So what you're doing there is you're actually guiding the dog. You're actually dictating energy level based on, on your activity, based on your direction, time to be excited, time to be calm, time to be excited, time to be calm. Both are rewarding events, but both have to do with engagement with you. So this is the precursor to a lot of the engagement that I'll do. I'll make sure the dog understands whether I'm asking for you to do a lot of things fast or something very simple, very slowly. It's all important. It's all rewardable. It's all positive. Now, if the dog insists on the same tempo, well, we have to slow things down. So then go to basics. Go to down. Get the dog down. Keep the dog down. Keep the dog down for 5, 10 seconds. Again, cupping your hand, putting the, 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 your thumb over the treat, and having the dog try and navigate around your, your fingers and your flesh. This is what's going to get the dog to start to understand, hey, i got to slow down. I can't have it all at once. The dog's starting to look to you for what's their energy level response. What's their emotional response to this particular thing? And while they're engaged, are they looking at you? Make them look at you. Get them to look at you. Slow it down. So then, after you do this a couple of times, slow everything down. Do your luring. Do the, do the touch command with luring, stepping to the left, stepping to the right, and luring the dog with your hand and, and using your hand as the target. Have the dog do this stuff, reward them, but just do it at like a fraction of the tempo you started it with. So the dog understands, hey, I got to pay attention whether I'm running or whether I'm walking. And then what you start to do is start to break everything down and slow it down. Lure the dog into a heel position. So I don't think I've ever discussed on on the podcast how to do that. Um, A lot of times I will teach the dog that touch command where I'm putting my hand down basically be right around my thigh on one side or another. And I give the hand, uh, uh, the hand a target and I have a treat usually in my hand, in that hand to lure the dog to that target. They touch your hand. You feel the wet of their nose. You give them the reward and praise them and go through the whole reward process. So 
initially, you want to do that fast. You want the dog to come to you as soon as they hear their name. Like if the dog's name is Arlo, you go, Arlo, and he's on his way. He's like a bullet coming at you. That's the way you want it. But here's the thing. You do want him engaged when it's slow, when you're walking at normal speed. So engage him, get him to touch, but instead of having him touch your your hand, he touches it, you don't release the treat at that point. Then bring your arm out. Let's say if on a, on a left side heel, you're going to bring your arm out to the left and make a semicircle, basically from your leg around towards your back. So basically think going counterclockwise with your hand and luring the treat around and out behind your, 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 your left side, butt, and drag the treat right in front where your thigh is, bring it up to about hip level and have your dog sit. You call it heel. So you'll say touch the dog touches heel, swing your arm around again, counterclockwise. If your thigh is 12 o'clock, you're going to go around from 12 o'clock, nine o'clock, six o'clock, Back up to 12 o'clock, dog's nose is pointed up, give them the reward, treat. But do it slowly. You do this slowly, then the dog start, starts to realize, oh, either I come at you fast, but I finish slow, I pay attention the whole way, because sometimes I'm, you're going to want touch, sometimes you're going to want touch and heal. Sometimes you're just going to want sit. Sometimes you want to touch, sit, and down. But slowing down the process in between commands and not being overly predictable. This will help the dog not just skip everything. So here's part of the point here. If you have a dog that's that's rushing to get to the end, to get to the reward, uh, that can be pretty detrimental. Because what's going to happen is the dog thinks, oh, I know what this is. You call my name, Arlo, come. And the dog comes and he knows he's going to flop down on his belly because that's how you finish every single time. And you're going to do it fast and you're going to do it five times in a row. And there's going to be five treats in a row, whether I do it right, whether I do it sort of okay or not, I'm going to get my reward. So Arlo thinks that this is a whole big pattern. All I have to do is come running over here, sit almost, you know, just flop down at all at the same point and put my belly on the floor. That's what that means. No, it's not what it means. It means I want you to come. Then I want you to sit. Then I want you to look at me. Then I want you to lay down only when I ask for it. So again, if we're rushing through this stuff, and I have a lot of dog uh, dog owners, a lot of lot of clients of mine, that think their dogs are doing great because the dog does come when called and does sit and does lay down and does make eye contact, but they don't listen to each step. The dog just goes, ah, yeah, I know what you want. You want me to run over there and you want me to lay down, so I'm just going to flop on the ground. Well, what happens is I have one dog that literally doesn't know sit at all because the owner always asks for sit then down, then stay every single time. So at least once a night, this dog gets a, like a dental bone and goes through that pattern. At least once, once a day when they're going outside, they're asked for that. And they, before they go outside, they do that. Now here's the problem. I come over and I ask for a sit, just sit. Dog's making eye contact with me, perfectly engaged. Came when called, won't sit, lay straight down. Won't sit because... The owner never marked each event, so the reward marker wasn't there. We skipped all the way through, and the finish was always lay down. So in, in some of these instances, like, like the one that I was saying, that, that sit, then shake, then down, then rolls over, then jumps up, and then barks, well, that dog only got the treats at the end, and everybody celebrated at the end. 
No one celebrated each individual thing. The other thing is, is that humans have the tendency of having the idea of let's just get it done. In dog training, it's all about time. You put your time and effort into this, and this doesn't happen overnight. Far too many people just want results right now. And it's part of our society where you look on something uh, on Amazon, you want it, you want it here today, and you get it here today. I mean, pretty soon it's going to be to the point where, you know, you, you need more groceries and the groceries just show up. They don't, you don't even order them. It anticipates that the ketchup is low and you're out of eggs. It's just going to happen. But that's what the dog is doing. The dog's literally skipping your engagement, skipping your actual commands, going straight to the end of the story, which is where I lay down and I get my treats. So we can't reward that. So I'm begging a lot of you, slow yourself down. Do sit, hold that in front of that dog's face for five seconds. Good, good boy, good boy. In this case, I'm saying the name Arlo. I don't know why I came up with this name, uh, but as an example, you know, Arlo, good, good boy. Okay, Arlo, now go into the routine where you're dictating the tempo. Lure the dog while you're walking in a heel position on the left side. It's appropriate. Do it that way. Do it slowly. Do it inside with no distractions so that when you slap on a leash and then you say the word heel and you do the, the 12 o'clock to, to 6 o'clock and back up to 12 o'clock again, uh, a motion with your hand, luring the dog, the dog's going to know exactly what you want. And now the dog's expecting to be engaged, looking at you at the heel position and walking. You have your engagement. You're not rushing. The dog will slow down to your pace. And the best thing that happens in that, you go from an excited state where the dog literally is just bouncing off the walls and having the best time and becomes more focused and channels their, their focus and energy on you. So this is real important for engagement. It's real important for your dog's comprehension of what your intentions are. And it's also important for you to provide a consistent delivery of what you're asking for. You're, you're delivering the right command at the right time. So if your dog's rushing through all this stuff, let's break it down into little sections. And here's rule one. Rule one is always use your name before the command, use the dog's name before the command. So it'll be Arlo, sit. Good, good. Arlo, down. Good. Except this is going to be a little bit longer. Arlo, stand. So as you're doing this, he hears his name each time. The dog knows you're only talking to him. I have to remind people very frequently, dogs don't hang on our every word. Even if they love you more than anything. My dog, Allie, loves me, and I know she does. And I talk to her all the time. But as I'm talking right now, she's sitting about 10 feet away from me, curled up on a dog bed, snoring away. She doesn't care about what I'm saying right now. The reason why is I'm not saying her name, and it's not attached to something specific and familiar that she knows that she should do. Because there's a possibility of a reward. There's a possibility of praise, affection, attention, all that stuff. So, moral of this story is, you have to slow down. You have to give the dog time to comprehend what you're asking for. And you break down each event. And then link all those behaviors like links in a chain. Chain those behaviors together to get one big thing. 
The last example I'll give you is the example of kind of a Pavlovian thing. Doorbell rings, dog goes bananas, jumps on people at the door. Somebody knocks at the door. Same thing. Dog goes bananas, jumps on the door, jumps on the person that walks through. Well, let's change that behavior. Have the dog go to their crate, go to their bed, go to their place. So how do you do that? You pair the doorbell ringing with a recall command to their spot. You can stand over the, the, the bed or you can put your hand outside of the, um, the, the doorway of the, the crate and you can toss the treat in. Well, guys, I apologize. I had a brief interruption here and I'm going to have to wrap this episode up. So like I was saying, get your dog to do these things. If your dog's rushing through, give their name, repeat the command, pause for a moment or two, do continuation markers, let the dog know that you're, they're doing what you want them to do. Ah, that's where we were. We were talking about, uh, the doorbell doors knocking and go to place. Okay. So, uh, doorbell rings. You teach the dog doorbell rings means come over here, touch my hand, lay down on, on your spot or go in your crate. So, I mean, the dog already knows the touch command. It's engagement. Come when called dog comes there, touches your hand, toss the treat into the entrance of the crate in the back of the crate dog goes in closed door, then go get a guest that comes in dogs already in the crate. If you do this enough times, whether it's knocking or whether it's doorbells, start off with the doorbell, then go down several times, repeating, repeating. Eventually it just becomes doorbell rings. You say dog's name, crate. They're already on their way. They know what to expect. Um, it's an, it's an incredibly useful, uh, uh, behavior. It's a, it's a great, um, it's great behavior for guests. Uh, I'm speaking from personal experience because, uh, you know, having a, a large dog that likes to jump on people that wants, wants everybody to, to lick everybody's face. And he thinks that's the greatest thing ever and feels actually punished if he doesn't get his attention. It's really super important to have people love that dog and love the dog the way that should be. And the way that dog should be loved is calmer. And also consider it looking to the owner. What should I do in this circumstance? If you always tell them, this is what I want you to do in this event, and you slow it down, you chain these behaviors together. One is doorbell acknowledgement, touch my hand, go through this door, back of the crate, get your treat, close door, stay there, be patient. I come back to get you. You come out, you're calm, you get rewarded for that, and then you can greet the, the guests. Those are several different behaviors that you're chaining together. You're having the dog wait at the door. You're having the dog um, be patient. But the moral of the story is slow yourself down. Slow the dog down. Have the dog understand each part. All right, guys, that's about all I have for today. Um, really do appreciate everybody tuning in and listen. Uh, if you like these podcasts, again, buy me a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Adam Casper. If you're looking for dog training in the New York, New Jersey area, it's casperdogtraining.com forward slash book dash online. We can do something online if you're outside of the, the greater New York City area. Um, if you're anywhere in the world, we can do that. And if it's local, book me in person. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Take care. Cheers.